Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 94. Starring Jimbo. And Fisher. And yeah, uh, hello everyone. You you may be able to see that we are in a slightly different, well I'm in a slightly different venue uh, to normal. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'm, I'm sorry, I was just checking that the stream was working because uh, we're in a different venue. That means that uh, we could all have all sorts of technical issues, but we seem to be going okay, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I'm in the Ale and Audio pub shed. Uh, my my sort of I'm I'm not probably going to record here that often because it is a bit rough getting everything outside and stuff. But I'm in the Ale and Audio pub shed. Obviously, you know Ale and Audio is my uh, slightly better podcast than this that I do on a weekday, just a sort of short ten minute thing each day. Uh, <laughs> where do I have to put up with Fisher? Um, no, no, I'm joking, of course. But uh, no, no, it's uh, the Ale and Audio pub shed. Uh, yeah, and and even Fisher, especially for the occasion, we've got a waste of web space pump. Pump a clip. Pump clip. And I've even got you one as well. Oh, thank you very much. So you'll Good have man. one for for when your for when your bar's up and running, Fisher. Yeah. At the moment it's not up and running, so I'm just in the study come spare room slash podcasting room that I've been in for the last year and a bit now. Yeah. Well so, I... that's how long it's been. It has, it has. You know, we're hoping by episode 100 we we can actually broadcast together in the same location, meaning there shouldn't be as many technical difficulties because we only have to cope with one stream, don't we? But anyway, yeah. um, I don't know whether it's working or not, but we're going to keep going forward with it. And uh, I'll introduce the episode title, which is Living La Vida Loca, because, uh, or Living La Vida Lockdown. Um, but the actual song itself uh, is called, that I've written is easing out of lockdown rather than living la vida lockdown okay uh, all right are you ready to hear it go on let's hear it then jimba won't be long till there's no restrictions and we're back in shopping malls i feel a premonition i'll drink too much and i'll probably fall Six people in my garden, party into the night. We could go to a zoo or theme park, or a drive-in cinema night. We can sit outside a pub to eat Sunday dinner in the rain. You could book to go to Skegness, but you cannot go to Spain. But who knows when that will change? Upside, inside out, freezing out of lockdown. Get your hair cut, get to the gym, we're easing out of lockdown. Play outdoor sports again, go to Costas for a mocker. Boris is letting you out, we're easing out of lockdown. Easing out of lockdown, we're easing out of lockdown. So there you go, uh, mainly because of course uh, this, this could be our last week of current lockdown um i don't know it'll be easing of restrictions but i don't know if that means that lockdown ends it's all yeah. a bit confusing isn't it's it? exactly yeah uh, easing out of lockdown so next week we'll be able um, to be slightly different than we've been than we, than we will have this week yeah um i'm just trying to look through at the previous names of the songs and we mentioned the songs on the previous episode that maybe we could do some some kind of compilation album of the parody songs that we've done yeah have, have you already done one to the tune of Living the Vida Lauka. I don't think so. I thought I had, but right. I haven't. 
Yeah, it sort of sounds a bit familiar. I mean, there's, there's only a certain amount of songs you can go through. Yeah. And obviously, there's, we've been doing it now for what you didn't start straight away. We did, we did it. it we did it's a local song, lock. Probably. It's a local lockdown. You might be thinking of that one. Yeah, I mean, I think you must have done nearly forty songs now. I think. Yeah. Look, looking back through, I think the first one we did was um, was it Love Will Tear Us Two Meters Apart, or yeah. maybe you've got to Lou Roll with it. Yeah. And that was episode 55, <laughs> so it's 40, 40 songs done, which is quite a testament to it. Well done, Jimbo. Thank you. Uh, my voice has gone again, actually, not from singing that, but uh, just had a bit of a dodgy throat or no, nothing to worry about, no no COVID it's or anything like that. No, <laughs> it's not that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I've had a dof- dodgy throat. So, um, And also, because I'm in a new location, I had to sing that in the shed. And, you know, as much as I've done well to sort of insulate it and get the sound sort of mm-hmm. levels all right... I'm pretty sure I would have been heard singing that by the neighbours. Yeah, good point. So they, they got a, a live rendition of it. Mm. Um, well, at least, at least not many people are out this time of time of day. Time for breaking news? Yeah, I say the breaking news. We've both got breaking news together, haven't we, really? Uh, yeah, we've got an announcement to make, haven't we, Jim? <laughs> um, we, on Saturday night, tied, tied we, the we, tie, we tied the knot and we decided to both attend the same event. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was... A virtual event, yes. a virtual cocktail night from Sheffield Distillery. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it? I did. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it took place right here in this uh, said shed. So for me, yeah. obviously not I, the, the distillery wasn't here. They were somewhere else. Uh, but yeah. broadcasting into me and you were in your little uh, sort of work in progress bar as well, weren't you? Yeah, I'm a conservative. It's been converted into a into a bar pub thing. Uh, it was very good, very enjoyable. We, we, we made cocktails. Um, you know, it was shake the ice until it's too cold to hold. Yeah, um, which didn't work for me because I put the cocktail shaker in the fridge in the freezer to start with anyway. So I mean, that's uh, straight away. I didn't even shake it. Oh, that's, yeah, too good. Yeah, <laughs> on the side. What what intrigued me is that we were. I think it was sixteen groups, sixteen Zoom screens on there, yeah. and then the distillers themselves were seventeen people on there. And every now and again, it, it popped up and it mentioned uh, various people who did things. So there was a group of people on there who made chocolates. Chocolatiers. I think I think we actually went to school with uh, with one of them. I can't remember what the name of the business is that they do off the top of my head. Might say is it Cocoa Drops, maybe or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, have you got some sample? Have you got some samples of that? I've got, got no samples, but uh, if you're going to ask about the other one, who was, I've got I've got the other the other card, which is uh, oh the the honey more bees please yeah Sheffield's finest honey and beeswax products yeah yeah more bees please um, yeah and also he also mentioned. Um, that on the call was a podcaster, and it was quite clear to mention uh, Jimbo is on. He does a podcast called Alan Audio. Listen to him on Spotify. It's a fantastic podcast. I thought I was expecting him to say, and he does another podcast as well, and we've got Fisher on. And I, but he didn't do that. He just stopped and just mentioned your podcast and not ours. Did you feel left out? Yeah, I was about to just jump in and sort of say, well, actually, there was another podcast, and, and he, he just—he'd already skipped on and started speaking it, about something else. Karen's just got in touch from the uh, from the Sheffield Distillery. It was a cocoa drop, cocoa drop, cocoa drops. Yeah, and uh, Gary's got in touch to say great tip about the ice as well. All right, okay. so well, there's, thank you very there's much. lots of uh, yeah. See, we're useful, aren't we? Sometimes. Yeah, uh, well, it was Karen who gave us that tip about the uh, too, yeah. too cold to hold. Yeah. So Karen, obviously. Once again, promoting another business. It's not even shouted out our podcast on, on our podcast stream. But, uh, never mind. So yeah, it was it was a very good and enjoyable night. Um, we made cocktails. I mean, there was one that I don't know. There was one that was it meant to be purple or not? The last one, Palmer Violet. Yeah, yeah. Palmer yeah. Violet. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I managed to get mine purple by putting a purple light behind it. And that was as purple as it got. Um, other than that, it was a bit sort of grey. I think it depends how skilled you are, doesn't it? You know, the more the more times you do it, the more purple you can get it when you get the quantities right and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I was looked like dishwater, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, when it came to peeling the lemons, I've, I mean, well, we've had the story on the podcast before about the time when I was at a wedding in Amsterdam and nearly sliced my entire finger off. And, but I, and I've still got a scar to this day. Um, so obviously when it came to peeling the lemons, quite frankly, I was absolutely a terrible at it. <laughs> Even peeling the cucumber. Um, I, just, I, I didn't seem very good at that at all. So I very much doss my cap to the people who were quite but good and quite uh, adventurous and artistic on that front. It was a great night though, wasn't it? What was your favourite cocktail? Um, it was probably the second one. I think it was a, um, it was a very, it was a nice cocktail. I think it had a bit of a mojito taste to it, but it was with cucumber. Um, so if Karen is watching this, I'm really sorry that I've just described it as being a mojito taste, but with a cucumber. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. Um, but it was called the Comipolitan, uh, which is kind of the kind of pun that we would be sort of quite proud of because the commercial pub where the distillery is also based is nicknamed the Commie. I thought that was the um, one. That, I thought that was the one that uh, I, I clearly had too many cocktails, but I thought that was the one that oh, tasted. Actually, yeah, no, I'm wrong. The Comipolitan. The Comipolitan was, was the cranberry one. Yeah. What was the second one called then? Cucumber um, mojito. <laughs> I, it wasn't really. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Sorry, um, I can't remember what it was called. It was, it was that good. I've even forgotten its name. Um, it was very nice, though. Yeah, I think that. I think that was the second one. Yeah, well, that we made in the assay gin glass. Uh, but it was good because I got you... to. We got. We 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 kind of got to talk afterwards. There you go. Cool, cool as sa cucumber. Cool, cool uh, uh, sorry, cool as ah uh, right, cool assay cucumber. Yes. yes, there you go. So very good. It... I also I also actually learned a bit on it. Um. I was. I found out. I was reading about assay marks because Paul, the head distiller, um, he distills people's heads. Apparently, now he um, <laughs> he was talking about uh, the assay mark. Uh, and apparently, there's only four cities in the UK that have got assay marks to do with hallmarking, um, and they are Sheffield, Birmingham, London, and Edinburgh. I think. Um, I, I didn't quite actually research into that amount of depth as to what it actually was but you know it was quite interesting I'm sure I'll read more about it in the future but they do lots of interesting gins don't they they've just just had a new release in the last few weeks as well so for those that like gin definitely check out the uh, Sheffield Distillery and Vodka as well uh, they've, yeah. they've got some great drinks coming out and stuff, but it got—it was good because we got to have a bit of a, a bit of a chat on, on. We stayed on after Zoom as well later on, didn't we? we had a bit of a, a Zoom together and, and and had our drinks yeah. and so on. And then I brought this on. This isn't my show and tell because I've already used it on you, Anna Fisher. But I, I bought yeah. this for the bar. Can you see it? Uh, I can see it. Yeah, it's it's a garden gnome, which is a, a strange thing to get for the bar because the bar's indoors, but. Yeah, well, I'm not quite sure but, what the point is because it looks, it caught my eyes thinking this looks like an Elvis garden gnome and I like Elvis yeah. and this bar is called Ale and Audio and it'd be nice to have yeah. a nice ornamental gnome inside the garden shed to keep yeah. that sort of shed theme and, going with it as well. Yeah, and he's, he's eating a feast ice cream by the looks of it as well, if you can see it's that. It's a microphone. Well, it's a but, microphone, sorry. But what is this, what, what is worrying is as after I bought it, I had a bit of a... Because I bought it from Asda. I mean, everyone recognises these as being Asda products, don't they, these days? They're kind of Asda of... Really? Yeah, because the Asda were big on the gnomes a few years ago, and yeah, they, they do these things every year. But anyway, I was a bit worried because I bought it thinking, yeah, that's like an Elvis gnome. But then I started to think, but is it an Elvis gnome? Was there somebody else who dressed like this? Um, potentially in the 80s? Uh, yeah. I, I'm, is it? Is it? Have I bought something that's really not suitable? And and then I looked on the belt of the gnome. Can you see that? 
Yeah, I can see that. It's a G. Yeah, a exactly. A G, for example, for Gnome, but yeah. also maybe for Gary. And <laughs> Not the same Gary who's listening, by the way. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that I was a little bit worried about that. So I'm, I'm not sure about how long I'm going to display that for. If people come in and say, "Oh, look at that Elvis gnome," great. But if people come in when people are loud in and go, "Is that a Gary Glitter Garden gnome?" <laughs> it's going. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, shall we? Uh, we've just finished speaking about drinks, so shall we have drinks? Uh, yeah, can do, of course. Shall I go so, first or you? Uh, I can go first if you want. Go it's for it. uh, some brew dog. It's Lost Lager. We had some. Had some oh, you found it? Last, uh, I did find it, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> another another birthday present um, from Nick and Claire, friends of mine. And uh, it says it's Planet First Lager. So I think it's some kind of. Um, I don't know if they're doing bits in terms of spreading the word about sort of just being Pla- good to the environment. Pla- Planet First, that's good advice for our podcast in future. Uh, yes, some words that we don't particularly use very often. Um, I'm going to have a taste of it. It's, it's, it's a lager. Um, I don't know if it's some kind of promotional lager of some form. Someone might be able to give me more details, but I'm going to see what it's like. It's all right, that. It's very lagery. It's a bit of a... It's got a bit of a... I think a bit of a Pilsen-type taste mm. to it. I'm not too sure. Um, reminds me a bit of... Have you ever drank... Uh, had Maltzmiths before? No. It tastes a little bit like that. It's all right. <laughs> Gary's just messaged saying, yeah, he did ruin it for us, for us a little bit. Talking about Gary Glitter, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but this is this sorry, is too Gary. hard, Gary. So that's all right. Anyway, um, I'm struggling with voice a bit. I don't know if I can keep going. Right. So my beer is this one from Saint Mars of the Desert. Do you know where that's based? Saint Mars of the Desert. Um. So well, Egypt. No. Um. China, Gobi Desert. No. No. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of many other deserts. Um. Yeah. I. I, I don't know. Right here in Sheffield. St. Mars oh, of the Desert the and uh, Beer de... I think it says me, Mame or Mare. Oh, I don't know. Did not, did not sell it, uh, say it in sort of slightly easier to read writing somewhere else on the label. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> but um, I've, I don't, I've heard of this brew, right? And I've never actually tried a, 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 a St. Mars of the Desert, 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 Desert beer yet. This yeah. is the first one I've had and it's described as being a hoppy Belgium type beer. Pale. And bright, five point one percent. So okay, it around enough. Talking about deserts and desserts, I've actually got some cake here, so I'm going to uh, also eat this whilst doing the podcast. Um, my wife Vicky made this lovely cake. I had some of it last night. Uh, I'm going to have some more of it now. It's uh, it's a chocolate sponge. And it's got some um, Bailey's buttercream on there. Um, so thank you very much, Vicky. Very very enjoyable. You shouldn't have that if you can't share. Anyway, perhaps we can do that thing where we should, you know, we pass the beers across to each other. Yeah. Pass the cake. Hmm. Okay. Very good. It's my show and tell. So you might remember that a few, um, well, a few, I've, I've been asking, haven't I, if people want to get in touch with their own stories that we can use in our show and tell, then they can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've, I've got one. And it's from Leanne, who listens to us quite a lot, Leanne Riley. Thanks for getting right. in touch. And, oh, well, it was kind of because I'd seen this. And I don't know how much you've maybe seen as well, Fisher, because you know Leanne as well. So how much you might have seen this potential story before, maybe. Um, but anyway, I want, so I'll, I'll go with it. And so Leanne's granddad, uh, mm-hmm. my voice is terribly squeaky because I'm more than normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, um, so Leanne's granddad, called John, who I mm-hmm. believe is in his 80s, I want to say sort of mid to late 80s now. Um, so he is a Chelsea pensioner. 
I don't know. Do you know much about the Chelsea pensioners? Um, well, they tend to wear red, and there was, wasn't there a singing Chelsea pensioner recently? The one Britain's got talent because you know, as a nation, we're quite into that sort of stuff. They wear red, and are they are they former war veterans? Um, Chelsea pensioners? Yes, or, I believe so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't know a huge amount about them. In all honesty, I know what they look like. Well, I know what they wear, which is something different to what they look like. But I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be able to spot one if they weren't in uniform. So did. Leanne's granddad win Britain's Got Talent. I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> no, there's another story. There's two different stories, okay? So Leanne's granddad, Chelsea pensioner John. Sir John, I've got to say. Sir John as well. He likes to be I called Sir that. John. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> See, you'd, he's not been, you he's not been nicer, but he likes to be called Sir John. <laughs> I did ask, actually. Uh he, he, he's just decided he, he should be. I think he deserves the title, Sir John. So hmm. don't think he has been knighted, but uh, he deserves it. Um, so there's two different stories here. Right? Okay, so Sir John, what did Sir John do? First of all, did he go um, Crown Green Bowling, or was he there Crown Green Bowling at the same time as um, Michelle Obama when she visited hmm. the UK? Or B, yeah. did he go wing walking at the age of, I think he was 80? Go wing walking. Not wing walking um, is. So sorry, can you just repeat those two questions again? Like, uh, two scenarios again. So wing walking at the age of in his eighties, and the other option was sorry. The first did he one. did he do crown green bowling or you know bowls whatever you call it? Yeah. Uh, with Michelle Obama when she visited with Michelle Obama. Again. Right. Um, well, I've not really got you. I've, I can't. Have you got details of these things to, to question or? Uh, possibly some. I'm hoping Leanne might chip in. Um, if she right. writes on our live feed, uh, she might be able to chip in. But obviously, they might they, they might come slightly after you've asked me. So I'll go with right. it, but, and then we'll see what else comes in. <laughs> yeah. So bear in mind, this is show and tell. Yeah. Um, have you actually got anything to show here? I mean, is Leanne's granddad about to appear on the podcast <laughs> so we can show him off and dress as a Chelsea pensioner? If he was allowed, we'd have him in. Yeah. I'd, I'd roll out the red yeah. carpet for him. Yeah. No, you won't really. Just take his jacket off and stick that down so you can walk across it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> He's um, so, is he member? Is he a member of a bowling club? And if so, which which bowls club? It was it was at the uh, Chelsea Hospital. So the the sort of things. That oh, so, it's, there. so it doesn't live round here. No. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Is, is he a keen? Is he a keen bowler? Does he prefer sort of? Fingers and thumbs is that that's that part of bowling, isn't it? No, particularly, I think balls? it was just like one of the activities when when Michelle Obama was sort of visiting the UK. She went to visit the Chelsea pensioners. That mm-hmm. was just one of the activities that they were doing at the time. I don't, you know, where was where was Barack? Uh, he was also in the UK, but I think he was he was separately visiting somewhere else. Was he was he playing table tennis with um, some ninety year olds instead? Some of the Bevan boys who went down the coal mines in the uh, Second World War. Possibly so. Yeah. Um, so, well, there's not a huge amount sort of uh, detail going back, really, unfortunately. Is the, uh, I'm assuming he's a keen crown green bowler, potentially, if, if that's true. Did he, did might, he, just be a, he... might just be a leisurely activity. You don't have to be yeah. uh, particularly good at things to take part, yeah. So, so, was he playing competitively against her? Was he sort of trying to, yeah, beat her? Or was he told that, you know, he needs to be nice and needs to, needs to be kind to her? Do we uh, know? Uh, well, he he is seen um, to be. There's a picture of him high fiving her. All right, okay. Was he trying to high five her a bit too hard to injure a bowling hand? To make sure he, <laughs> he got the uh, got one up on her. Um, okay. So in terms of wing, I'm right in thinking wing. Did you say wing walking? Wing walking, yeah. So that is for anyone who doesn't know. I think that's where you stand on top of a aeroplane that's got. Is it normally the older style aeroplanes with? Like by wings and you, yeah, yeah, that's the ones, yeah. 
Um, why why did he want to do that? Is it is it a, a deeply held ambition? Do you know? Or it uh, was raising money for charity. Was it was it for charity? Or what yeah, yeah. Was it a Chelsea pensioners charity? It, uh, I I can't yeah I can't exactly know what, which charity it was in particular, but I know that he raised over five hundred pounds for it. Well, the bad news is it cost him six hundred pounds to <laughs> do the wing walk itself. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I offered to help. Uh, I offered to help out actually in there, uh, be his wingman, but uh... <laughs> very good. Um, so, has he had any experience of doing aviation things before in the past? Do we know? Is he a former pilot? Or Cause it's quite a, it's quite an extreme thing to do, isn't it? I should have probably asked all this before, and I, I'll, I'll yeah. remember that for, for the next time I buy you somebody else's show and tell. I'll remember yeah. to ask, but uh, no, I, I don't. I don't know for for certain. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of, but sort again, of if this actually... one is true, if this one is true, there are there is pictorial evidence of him doing this, and it was, okay. it was done near Oxford. Right. Okay. Do you know if Oxford is a particularly good place for wing walking, or why didn't <laughs> do it in central London? Um, so aside from the fact you've got nothing to show, it doesn't appear you've not really got much to tell either. But other than that, the show and tell round is going really well, Jimba. He's not so, a for, he's not a former pilot. Not a former pilot. Okay. No. Um, yes. Yeah, are we getting details of this on? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping you on updated. On Facebook. Okay. Um, right. So I think that, shall I make a decision? I think it's time to make a decision. Yeah. Did he crown green balls with Michelle Obama or wing walk? And how old was he? Sorry, in his eighties, do we say? Uh, he is, yeah, he's in his eighties. So I think he was eighty when he did the wing walking, uh, I believe. Oh no, it was he was eighty-seven when he did the wing walking. Okay. Hmm. How old was he when he played with Michelle Obama at crown green balls? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Okay. It was back in uh, uh, if it's if it's true, it was back a few years ago. Well, when obviously More than, when when, yeah. when Obama was president for of course, yeah. yeah. So what's the chance of that? Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't didn't do it last he didn't do it last year when Donald Trump was still in power. <laughs> um, I think that yeah, I think I think I, I I can't remember. I mean, not that I particularly paid that much attention to Michelle Obama and what she does, but I don't I can't imagine that she would play crown green balls. I think she might be there. But I don't think she really have much of a go at it. As where could he? do some wing walking because he's always wanted to do it. Well, I think that's fairly unlikely as well, but I think that's the slightly more likely of the two. Although Michelle Obama is quite specific, isn't it? Because he could have crowned green bold against anyone, and yet you've chosen someone specific. But then if you choose a name, you've got to choose someone, it? it's got to be someone who would do that sort of thing. So, well, I'm, I'm going to say wing walked. You would be correct. Well done. Thank you very much. So, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little bit of sort of truth kind of thing in the other one uh in mm-hmm. the in the first one that he bowled with Michelle Obama it was actually was it, temp, was it tempin instead of crown green no it was it was melania trump and he's uh, oh, right. he's can you see my phone uh, yeah he's pictured here high five in melania trump uh oh. so the actual answer yeah was that he did some wing walking and uh there he is well to be honest given that Given that we were so short for show and tell items, I would have thought that we could have held back the playing crown green balls against Melania Trump for another one. <laughs> could have, done, yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he sat down while he's wing walking? Well, uh, no, I think you sort of like you sort of propped up. I think is what you do when you wing walking. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't yeah. fall off, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I assume you've got to be 
you know, put in there somehow. But uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't realise. Uh, I didn't know whether he was seated or standing while doing it. Yeah, so it's like sort of propped up upright. But yeah, very good. And thank you, it, thank you for your show and tell, Leanne. And uh, you know, feel free for anyone else who wants to. If you've got a funny story or something quite unique. Uh, that you want to use, yeah. just send it to either me or Fisher. Don't send it to us both, otherwise it'll ruin the game. But uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It'll be quite bad, won't it? But yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you, Sir John. We, we love you. Uh, you know, and I, I've seen a few things crop up before on my Facebook about some of the amazing things that uh, Leanne's granddad has done. Um, you know, he's done things for charity like that, but he's a, a, an amazing person. So yeah, uh, thank you very much for letting, letting us feature him on our episode. Are we moving on, Fisher? Yeah, let's move on. So you've got something for us when you've finished eating cake. Yeah, when I've finished eating cake, I've got something for us. And it's to do with, um, I don't know if I mentioned last year, but I drove down a road. Um, yeah. Not not everyone's able to wing walk, are they? So I, I had to get from A to B by sitting in the car and driving it. And between the lockdown periods, I drove to very near to St. Paul's Cathedral. And to do it... Was you just testing your eyesight? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, um, yeah. I wasn't too sure they could hear properly, so I just wanted to listen to the bells that were ringing out at, uh, on, on the hour. Um, so I drove to, to near St. Paul's Cathedral, and I drove down the M1, fine drive, you know, three hours down the M1, and then you come off the M1, and it takes about 45 minutes to get about seven or eight miles through towards central London, which is a bit annoying. But the sat-nav sort of takes you off the main roads and takes you just through some of the back roads. I don't know if you remember, I mentioned that there was a really strange road that I drove down that had got um, some some of the houses had got security outside and all that sort of stuff, and there's quite a quite an unusual feel to this one particular road that I drove down. Um, and it sort of intrigued me a little bit as to what the road was. I, I knew roughly where it was because there was like a landmark at the end of the road, I think called Kenwood House or something like that. Um, and I've kind of worked back to find out which road it was called, and it's called the Bishop's Avenue, um, which it may or may not. Um, ring any bells to you or depending on how much you like sort of uh, obscure unusual roads in london but a road called bishop's avenue i've driven down a lot of famous houses on there when i did a bit of research on it, it turns out there's some unusual things that happened on this road and some unusual events from the people who live in the houses so i thought i'd do a quiz about the various houses on that road and the things that have happened and there the name of the road the name of the road can you tell the us bishop's that? avenue bishop's avenue yeah okay yeah um it's Bishop's Avenue, and a lot of people, you can walk down that road, but most people, uh, they go along and they just walk diagonally. Could have had some, <laughs> we could have had some, uh, some like, Coronation Street music or something, you know, like, make it like a soap, the things that have happened yeah. on Bishop's Avenue. So, some of the stuff here is more 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 unusual than soap, um, soap opera stuff. So, uh, who lived at number 66? Is it Russian billionaire Oleg Karkalov? He took a flight on a private aircraft in 1994 and has never been seen since. Or is it Greek fashion tycoon Aritos Kanastatu? He was shot dead in 1985 and the murder remains unsolved. Hmm. What, have you got any detail about where? where okay, let's let's start with the Russian one first. Um, so the Russian gentleman. It's not, it's not a show. It's not a show in town. <laughs> he got on a plane and he was shot. I <laughs> know uh, he got on a plane never never seen again. Sorry. Never seen again. Okay. Uh, hmm. So, well, obviously, obviously things happen like that in London because of, uh, well, 
with what's happened with the uh, a few years ago with uh, Salisbury Cathedral area sort of thing with the yeah. poisoning and all that kind of thing. So yeah, apparently, it, apparently, it got on a plane. And they're not quite sure after he was never seen again, but apparently Leanne Riley's grandfather was stood <laughs> on top of the plane on the wing doing his uh... Oh um right. I I'm gonna go for the second one because I think I think the f- saying that there was some sort of uh Russian incident with someone going missing could be believable because of the Salisbury stuff and various other things that have happened. So mm-hmm. let's go with let's go with the second one, the Greek. Fashion designer, did you say? Greek fashion, fashion designer, yeah. Yeah. Shot dead, and the murder is unsolved. Uh, you'd be correct. Well done. Do you know if that happened in the UK then? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it happened at the house or not, mm. or around the house. Um, but it was shot dead on New, New Year's Day, nineteen eighty-five. Um, so I'm not sure if the person who shot him had made a New Year's resolution of. I really want to shoot this. Uh, Greek fashion tycoon and did it very quickly. Mm. Who knows? Um, so what happened at number nine during the 1990s? Is it that author Salman Rushdie lived here in secret whilst the country of Iran had called for his death? Or it was a home of a Russian sleeper cell which included Alexander Litvinenko? And that was in the 90s? That was in the 90s, yeah. I think he got poisoned, didn't he, in the... Uh, was it after the 90s? I think it was about 2000. Yeah, I, think, I think it was in the mouth. Wasn't it? Yeah. Then, kind of, yeah. <laughs> he... Um, it was it was in the mid to late two thousands. I think he was poisoned. Okay, but I think by that point it was no longer a, a Russian spy. I think he'd I think he'd you know working for the other other side or whatever. So uh, I think I, I might be wrong. Okay, so so a sleeper cell is that like where you, someone where people are hiding basically? Yeah, I think they sort of hide in plain sight and they sort of they'll integrate into society whilst working for an overseer. Apparently, I mean, mm. I, I don't know a huge amount about this sort of stuff, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think they're sort of hiding together, and at some point, whoever's handling them will activate it, and then they'll go off and cause the things you were designed to. to the, I'm going uh, havoc you were meant to be causing. I'm going to go with that one then, rather than Salman Rushdie. I think um, you would be wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, so Salman Rushdie wrote a book called The Satanic Verses, I think, in nineties, and um, that led to. The Iranian government called a fatwa on him, where they basically said they want to get him killed. So he <laughs> right. lived in secret in a mansion on Bishop's Avenue, right. apparently. A few people have With... called me a fatwa before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's, uh, what has number 30 been used for on Bishop's Avenue? Uh, is it uh, the house has been used by the contestants of The Apprentice to live in during the filming of the series? Or it was used as the mansion in the Stanley Kubrick film Eyes Wide Shut? Never seen that film, and I've rarely watched The Apprentice, but I know okay. The Apprentice is at least, so... So it's like their big brother house almost, where they kind of all be together, so they can film them talking about yeah, what they're you, doing and all that. You, you all never, yeah, you, you never really see that much footage from the house, really, other than like when the contestants come back in and you know this is who is who it is and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So it tends to be it tends to be limited action from them. I, I believe they all live together, okay, in a in a large house and share bedrooms and all that kind of thing. I'm going to go with the second, the first one. No, what? Hold on. Which which way around was it? Not the Apprentice <laughs> one. It was the film one, and I reckon it's because maybe they don't live together on the Apprentice. Maybe there's not need for that. So I'm okay. going to say you think it's just yeah. The Stanley Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut. You're wrong. It's it's been used for the Apprentice. See, <laughs> so I think the Stanley Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut, has got Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman in it, and he turns up to a turns up to a mansion in the sort of middle of nowhere and he, and he jumps on the sofa and, and goes crazy 
he, he does not, apparently. <laughs> he, um, it's, it's some kind of weird sex club, I think, isn't it? All right, where, okay. Where the, um, like a Masons type thing, and there's various people there and some weird goings on. And he, he manages to get there, but he shouldn't be there because he's not a member of this secret society. No, not like you. Um, not like me, no. <laughs> um, I, was, I was appalled when Tom Cruise turned up. Um, next up, who lives at number 53? Or sorry, or what's, what's the story behind number 53? Um, is it a luxury care home where a number of numerous wealthy people sadly go towards the end of their life? Residents from the last 20 years include former Prime Minister Ted Heath and the former newspaper owner David Barclay who was a billionaire. Or was it purchased by King Farhad from Saudi Arabia for about £25 million? The mansion has been left to rot. It has previously had squatters moving and they changed the locks. Hmm. Well, there's a lot of that that goes on, isn't there, where sort of um, a lot of rich people from other countries are buying properties in the UK and then um, even not looking not after them. Or yeah. yeah, that's why there's a lot of empty properties in some cases, especially where they... Yeah. Where it's basically the land that they're buying into because it's growing in value all the time and so on. Yeah, yeah. So I could see that being being definitely the case. And yeah, you'd you'd imagine that on a on a street like that where there's clearly wealthy people living, there would be some sort of wealthy care home as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with the second one though. You can say it's King Farhad of Saudi Arabia. It sounds like a character from Shrek. Yeah, I think that's Lord that's Farquaad. Nice. Yeah, there's no need for that, Jimbo. Um, <laughs> so yes, you'd be right. Well done. Okay. Who does number 60 belong to, or belonged to? Is it Richard Desmond, a magazine proprietor whose publications include Asian Babes, Big Ones, and 40 Plus? Or, I think they're porn magazines, by the way, Jimbo, just to, just to let you know. Yeah. Or When do you want me to drop your subscription uh, off? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, or is it, is it Michael Higginbottom, the former owner of Leighton Orient FC? He made his money running telephone sex lines. Oh, okay. So, so both... Uh, both... Sex related, <laughs> yeah, both on a similarish kind what, of theme. Though. Yeah, one audio, one picture based. One visual, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. So, so he he either either one of them lived there. You're saying rather than yeah, they might they, they might still live there. I, I don't know if they still do live there, but certainly they did when this article was written. But that was a, a few years ago. I was reading the the article that was that I read on the internet. I'm gonna go with the first one because if it's not the first one. It meant that you would have had to spend some time looking up some names of some dirty magazines. Oh well, yeah, just yeah, the, the research things you have to do at times <laughs> to, uh, to to kind of um, to be part of the podcast. It really is a, a great strain on me that uh, some of these uh, these efforts that I put in. That's um, the first one. But so Richard Desmond, whose publications include Asian Babe, Big Ones, and Forty Plus, you'd be correct. Well done. You had to double check that one, though, didn't you? It's a double, yeah, I mean, he's, he also, I think, donated money to the Labour Party and he was, at one point, the owner of the Daily Express and various other bits. I think he might have owned Channel 5 at one point as well, um, which I think is why Channel 5 was sometimes nicknamed Channel, Channel Filth and it showed loads <laughs> of really sort of um, sort of seedy, strange programmes late on the evening. And they had, like, Keith Chegwin presenting Naked Jungle and various <laughs> other bits and bobs. Um, but there we go. So who lived at number 46A? Um, which was the most expensive house ever sold in the UK in 2008. Was it Sheikh Musek Al-Swahiri, a Dubai, an Abu Dhabi prince who appears to have never lived, sorry, who appears to have never had any particular royal duties, but nonetheless appears to have quite a large amount of money. He lived a playboy lifestyle, which included having a swimming pool with gold handrails to get in and out, 
And he also had two helipads, which to his credit were sometimes used for landing an air ambulance. He sold the property to a third party, which turned out to be his brother who he didn't speak to. Or was it Halis Torpek, a Turkish businessman who is believed to have stayed there for about two days in the entire time that he owned the property? It was sold in 2008. A lavish party was thrown with celebrity guests. Simon Cowell couldn't get into the party because his name wasn't written on the list, even though he had been invited. All right, okay. Simon Cowell not getting into a party. Yeah. Well, that must have made the party slightly better, shall we? Yeah. He said, I'm sorry, you're not allowed into this party. You've not quite progressed through to this house. Yeah. Go back to the judge's house. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, okay. Do you want those deep? There's quite a lot going on there in those questions. Sure yeah, I got, I, I got the gist, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't, I can't see Simon Cowell not getting into a party, even if he's mm. it. Even if he, he'd been invited, and he's, I, I, I can't see him not getting in. So I, I think it's the first one. First one? Yeah. Uh, you'd be wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, apparently um, there was a large party thrown, and Simon Cowell had been invited, but he couldn't get in because his name wasn't on the guest list. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if they went and rectified it and then let him in. Uh, it said that Danny Minogue, Louis Walsh, and Cheryl Colwell went, who were the fellows who <laughs> were the next factor at the time. Um, the article that I was reading said that they tried to get in touch with Simon Cowell's office and they hadn't responded to the requesters yet. But there we go. So whether or not that's actually true, I don't know, but that's what it said on the article anyway. Uh, we've only got th- three questions left now, by the way. So a little off-road takes you through to five Byron Drive. Who lived there? Was it a German businessman called Rolf's Child? He was kidnapped in 1979 and his captors thought they kidnapped a member of the wealthy Rothschild family. Or... A South African gold mine owner. After he died in 1989, his house was believed to contain more gold than any other property in Europe. So the house on that road was said to have contained... Uh, well, more. just off it, yeah. yeah. It's five Byron Drive, but it's yeah, just off the Bishop's Avenue. So you didn't technically drive down that road. You didn't drive down that road then, did you? Uh, I drove past the end of it, mm. which is, you know... I, I, it Questioning the, legit- the legitimacy of this quiz now. Yeah, it would have been a bit excessive to have just... Um, Taking a right turn just for the sake of it, <laughs> just on the off chance that I might do a quiz about it in six months' time. Although, would have increased my petrol mileage claim. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there we go, as I was on work's, to, work's time. Uh, okay, so is it is it the gold, or is it somebody who was kidnapped, uh, kidnapped because they had a, a similar-sounding name, basically? Uh, yeah, they had, a, they had a similar-sounding name to a very wealthy family, and they thought they'd, yeah, they, they were going to get a huge ransom for him, but it oh. turned out it wasn't who they thought it was. Right, I'm going in the first one. The name, the name problem. And you'd be correct, well done. Yeah, so they, his name was Rolf, Rolf Child, and they thought it was part of the Rothschild um, family who were involved in banking and exceptionally wealthy. Uh, so number f- only two questions last. Number 59 is available for rent. Who rented this 27,000-foot mansion in the last 10 years? Was it the North Korean Olympic team for the 2012 Olympics as they liked how secure the house was, or Justin Bieber on his 2016 UK tour. Hmm. Thing is, if you're going to be touring in the UK, you're not going to want to rent a house, are you? Because you kind of tour around the country, so you're not going to get much time there, I imagine. Um, I don't know. Unless you're only rented it for a few days, I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'd I'd, I'd suspect he's got a tour bus that possibly went back there every time. Um, And North Korea do do still have teams in the... Well, the have teams in the Olympics, despite um, everything. Well, they do, don't they, because they tell them that they've won. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I think at the, at the Winter Olympics, not too long ago, I think they actually had a... Did they have a joint hockey team between North and South Korea oh, in an attempt at thawing relations between the two countries? I mean, obviously, thawing something on ice is probably not the best... Um, mm. Best thing, I mean, yeah, it turns out it would have been all soggy trying to play ice hockey on a thawed environment, but there we go. Right, I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, they, they, they are involved at the Olympics. Yeah, I'm going to go with the North Korean one then, I think, yeah, okay. team. Uh, you'd be wrong. It was just in Bebo style. I think it... Uh, it has, do you know roughly how much it costs to rent per per month, I think, just from just from doing the reading I was doing earlier? Rent that house in particular? Yeah, for a month. Yeah, yeah, not just any house. Specifically this house. Uh, I'm going to say, for a month, yeah. three, 400 grand. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a million miles. Well. I, th- I think it said about £120,000 for the for the month. But yeah, that, that's probably written a few years ago. Yeah. Still quite a lot of money, obviously. Um, so I'm not quite sure of the market value of that particular property. I did have a quick look on Zoopla, by the way, on uh, on these houses, just to try and find more details out about the houses. And it said one of them, it was sold for about £9 million. Guess how many bedrooms it had got? Uh, fifteen. No, no, was it just three. like two? Yeah, <laughs> it got three. Yeah, you'd be a bit annoyed. Like if you got, you know, you got three children. Like, oh God, some of them get two of them have to share this. I mean, <laughs> I thought this house was massive. And it's not even got <laughs> got three bedrooms. Um, yeah. but there we go. So anyway, I got a question. Oh, uh, got another question. Uh, number yeah, number forty four is a block of flats. Who lived there? Is it or who was one of the people who lived there? Obviously, uh, is it Heather Mills, fellow resident? allegedly complained about the noise being made from a false leg on the floor echoing into the other rooms. Or is it Paul McCartney? A fellow resident allegedly complained about his piano and guitar playing. The resident allegedly said, I wouldn't mind if he was playing the Beatles, but it's all his solo material and it's rubbish. <laughs> oh, um, the, the second one's the funniest. The first one's a bit cruel. Um, people can be cruel. Be kind. People can be cruel. So let's let's say it was the first one. I think it was Heather Mills and people complained about the uh, noise of a false leg on the wooden floor. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yes, you would be correct. Oh. <laughs> Look, obviously that was this this complaint was made before um, the news about uh, what do you call him? Um, the guy, the South African runner. I can't remember his oh, name. Oscar Pistorius. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, we'll he, stick with ever living above us. <laughs> yeah. So no doubt he would have made a lot more noise by the sound of this. Um, but yeah. Uh, so there we go. So that's that's us. Awesome. I, I don't particularly agree with people complaining about uh, the noise made by someone's wooden. Sure. How much more noise would a wooden leg make compared to just a leg with a shoe on it? You wouldn't have thought sure like, that much more surely. Well, like with like with chairs and stuff, you can like get them things that you put on the bottom, can't you? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the, the felt things that sort of make it softer yeah. when you put it on a hard floor. Yeah. 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 I think might, might make it a bit slippy, obviously. But there we go. So that, that, those are some <laughs> of the people who, during this period, have lived on or around uh, Bishop's Avenue in London, which is a road that I drove down and was quite shocked to see, basically, some houses be behind massive gates that got security people outside there 24-7. So there we go. Thanks, so, Fisher. I hope you enjoyed that, Jimbo. Yeah. A lot in, more interesting than a quiz about a road you drove down in Chapel Town. Yeah. Well, hey, you never know. You never know what's happening in Chapel Town. Ale and Audio The Pub is now open at Jimbo's, but just for Jimbo. Ale and Audio is an exciting, funky new garden bar in the heart of Yorkshire, which was once an old converted shed. Due to the current lockdown restrictions, we have a strict policy on our clientele. If your name is not Jimbo, then unfortunately, you will not be permitted entrance to the bar. Sunday night is quiz night, a general knowledge quiz. Hot favourite to win this week is Jimbo. 
We have our live sports show in most nights of the week. Come down and see your favourite footballers such as Raheem Sterling and Mo Farah on the big projector. Or, if golf is your thing, then come and watch Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy and Gareth Bale on the green. Friday night is live music night. Come and hear Jimbo belt out a few classics. Saturday night is karaoke night, when anyone can get up and sing a song. Come and hear Jimbo belt out a few classics. We have beer on tap and lovely customers. One of our regulars, Jimbo, often goes in the pub late at night for a quick hand pull. Our friendly bar staff, Jimbo, is happy to help you. Although, he might not be there to help you as he recently barred his only customer for bad behaviour. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to look at news a little bit now, aren't we? Um, we are. Just I was thinking when you did that, um, recorded the advert, you were talking about watching the golf um, and, you know, come and enjoy watching Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. Ah. We're not tempted to mention your mum in there as well, by the way. <laughs> True, I could have done. Um, and obviously, that, that advert was recorded before Tiger Woods' um, his accident. Because mm. uh, he obviously not been playing golf for a little while, is he? Uh, yeah. But anyway. But it, I mean, um, so I know we're not sort of planned to talk about Tiger Woods' accident, but he had, had quite a bad car crash, and I think was in hospital for a while and had to be operated. Has he broke both his both his legs? I believe, or one or both of them. Uh, but if you remember, a few years ago, um, he had a car accident, and then it was revealed that the reason he had his car accident is because he's he was trying to drive away from his wife, who was trying to hit him with a golf club, because she's discovered that he'd had numerous affairs and all that sort of stuff. And then I have to pay various women off and all that kind of thing. So as soon as he had the car accident, I, I, it might have just been me this week. I was kind of thinking, right, okay, what gossip's going to come out of this? Yeah. And what happened previously? I mean, what's what's the main story behind it? Of course, he learned um, from that last time because he put his golf club somewhere else. So yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, but obviously, I um, hope he gets well soon. Yes, yeah, of course, a very swift recovery. Uh, yeah, so I saw on the just just before we came on that uh, that they're a bit concerned that uh, they're saying. Uh, hearing loss might actually be linked to COVID and one of the uh, problems to do with COVID. Sorry, what was that, Jim? I said uh, <laughs> we didn't even have to discuss this joke before, did we? Put no, it on there, knew what we were going to do. But anyway, yeah. So yeah. they're saying that uh, so that's that's a problem, which might explain why you know some of Boris Johnson's decision making over however long. Pete, he's just clearly not listening to anybody, and maybe just can't hear him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the vaccinations are going quite oh, well. Yeah. There's a bit of a got to give them that bit of an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's 27, 28 million people have been vaccinated in the country, which is a, a fantastic amount. There's possibly a bit of a issue with the AstraZeneca virus, and there's been a problem with the clots by the sounds of it. Although Matt Hancock and Boris Johnson are both doing okay, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that joke really worked that well, but yeah, I, th- I think yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to call Matt Hancock and Boris Johnson clots, basically, is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, so there we go. That's that's one of the stories in the news. Um, have you seen that Thorntons are closing all of their shops, Jimbo? Are they? Yeah, that's uh, bad news. Bad news. Thorntons are closing all their shop, shops. But if you are a big fan of chocolates, uh, the good news is when the shop closes, if you pick the shop up underneath it, oh. there might be another shop there. Of course, brilliant. But they are a, they are a chef <laughs> they are a Sheffield chocolate here, aren't they? Uh, they are apparently. I didn't know this until um, <laughs> until they stopped. Mm. Yeah, until they announced that they're going to close all their shops. I mean, the really bad news is that for anyone who wants Thornton's chocolates, um, because they've closed all sixty-three of their stores, 
it means that the only place you can get Thornton's chocolates now are in about the 4,000 supermarkets <laughs> up and down the country that sell them. I mean, exactly, yeah. I did, wonder, online, I did wonder yeah. what was going to happen there, but I'm so, I suppose they're not going to be retail anymore. They're just going to be a... I suppose in a sense, though, like Cadbury's don't really have their own shops. Do they? they do a couple of different places, but they don't really have their own yeah. shops do they, or anything like that. So Yeah, yeah. and you know, they don't sell anyone else's brand. It's just kind of going there and you get chocolate. I mean, I th- I'm sort of assuming that other chocolatiers um, who are slightly more luxurious have probably mm. taken a fair amount of their market share. I don't know. But, have you been in Hotel Chocolat? No, no. Well, I I I tried. I, I booked, you know, a couple of years ago, but it was too hot and it melted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, sorry, no, I was going to say there are certain places that do sort of look, look luxury chocolates that maybe sort of are a bit more popular nowadays. Yeah. You should go to Sh- Hotel Chocolat and, and just go in there because they generally walk around with a big tray of chocolates and give you samples. So even if you don't want to buy anything, you can get a bit of nice chocolate. If well, I suppose in the COVID world, you probably don't do that anymore. Fair play to Thornton's. You know, they've they've been going as a shop, as a retail outlet for a number of years, and that's quite a brave thing to do for for a chocolate maker, isn't it? Because you know, chocolate shops are so it's, it's not it's not a, you know it's, it's not it's, they must be quite difficult businesses to run. So you know they you know they they, probably, they had a good go at it. You, you know, and you never know what you're going to get, do you? So we're, we're a chocolate yeah. shop, so <laughs> or a box of chocolates. Clearly. Quite right. Mm. Yeah, very good, Jimbo. Um Took a long time to get around to that one, but anyway. No, no, that's, that's all right. We got there in the end. Um, I did see as well that um, Ben Fogel is presenting a program on Channel Five, and do you know what it's about? Uh, it's advertised. Well, he likes to do explorey type programs, doesn't he? Yeah, he's exploring somewhere, but where specifically is exploring? And I'll give you a clue: it's not somewhere that has many people living there. In fact, it's a quite an abandoned place. Ben Fogel on Mars? Not on Mars. No, you're going back to chocolate again, Jim. <laughs> you move on something else. Um, oh, I know. Is it the one that rhymes? Is it the, it it's the, it's the rhyming one, isn't it? Yeah. It's Ben Fogel ben, in Chernobyl. Ben Fogel in Chernobyl, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it made me think about, I only did it very quickly, about certain other things that um, you could have with celebrities rhyming. So feel free to get in touch if you've got mm-hmm. ideas for television programmes presented by a celebrity on a certain topic that would rhyme. It did, it did also make me think... Ha, was the main reason for choosing Ben Fogel the fact that it actually rhymes and was it, you know, I'm going to do Bear Grylls doing it. No, I'll skip Ben Fogel in Chernobyl. Yeah, I'll be better. Well, I'll give a better <laughs> ring to it. We'll do that. Yeah, i got The Challenger Tank with Chris Eubank. Very good. Good work, yeah. Um, it's a shame they never did this. This is your life presented by Bruce Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Although, I imagine if Bruce Forsyth had to present This Is Your Life, he'd probably spend the vast majority of it talking about himself and not the actual subject of the programme, you would have thought. Um, and I thought maybe a popular one nowadays could be the pandemic with Bo Derek. Very good. Or time for a rant with Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Um, or if he's not available, Toby Tarrant. Mm-hmm. His son. Um, so yeah, the, the, there are a couple of bits that uh, I thought was uh, that we could do. And I've not, have you seen that Downing Street has got a new briefing room? By the way. Uh, yes, we've talked. I think we did mention it briefly last week. They spent a lot of money on it, and it and it and it appears to be well. It's almost like if they gave me that much money, I could have had so much better. Yeah, I mean, look, look at what you've done in the shed. Exactly. Uh, changed yeah. your Alien Audio bar. Yeah, and this this only cost me this only cost me one point nine million. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be fair, I mean, sheds are, are a similar price if you go down the Bishop's Avenue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's two point six million pounds. The only interesting bit we could see they put a photo of it out. I mean, there were loads of British flags there. If you saw that, that were kind of. I think we've mentioned that in the past. It's a bit annoying that sort of putting the British flags there. I mean, actually, to be fair, I have um, taken a bit of a leaf out there, book. I've got my Yorkshire flag here, 
Um, so I might kind of have that up for the rest of the episode <laughs> behind me, just to try and get it to add a touch of class and show where we're from. Um, I've not unfolded well, that for a while. The, the, so the, people tend to be, the, the people who tend to be the sort of, you know, British flag wavers and all that kind of thing, they're all very mm. sort of, uh, you know, what, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's that sense of... Uh, Patriotism, exactly. But then, as yeah. soon as like you know, it's the Euros or the World Cup. No, Britain, Brit- England, England. Yeah. <laughs> forget the yeah. forget the union. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a bit strange. I mean, you can go there, you can ask questions to the senior politicians in the two point six million pound room. I mean, what would you ask Jim? What questions would you ask him? I'd ask uh, how come it costs so much. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. Why are you wasting our taxpayers' money on a room that's... Yeah, don't get me wrong, chairs can be expensive, but mm. £2.6 million is quite a lot of money. But the Waste of say. Web Space podcast did spot something that, that if they have spent any money on it, it's money well spent. Mm. And that was? Henry the Hoover. Henry, is it Henry the Hoover or is it Henry Hoover? Henry Hoover, which... Henry the Hoover, whatever. Yeah. Um, he's, he's there, he's working hard, he's in the corner, sucking like you wouldn't believe. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a proper commercial tub, he... Um, he can get anything up off the off the floor, and yeah, proper proper working class hero there, doing <laughs> doing the, doing all the uh, all the hard work, um, trying to suck out all the all the rubbish that comes out of various politicians' mouths, all that sort of stuff. Talking about Boris Johnson, actually, I did see him this week. Yeah, and he was a three billion. Oh right, sorry, plan. I thought you said you. Saw, I thought you were driving around London again. Oh, sorry, no, no. I, I, I fortunately I've yet to actually physically see Boris Johnson. Um, I, uh, I saw it was on the news and it announced a three billion pound plan in terms of increasing transport links in and around London, which also included doing hundreds and hundreds of miles of new bus lines. Oh, where, where did you see that? Oh, he wrote about it on the side of a hospital. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're going to hold him to that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. I want to finish. I want, I, I want to finish off with the just before we move on to to my feature uh, with the, a a bit about the census. So the census was well, we were supposed to have done it on Sunday, weren't we? Latest Sunday, uh, yeah. I think. And uh, yeah, a, a mum has been in the news for accidentally changing her son's job because uh, you have you can fill the census in on behalf of people who live in your household, can't you? Mm. So yes, yeah. Her, her son works in a coffee shop. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think she accidentally changed her job's career, uh, her son's career to? Um, could could this be some confusion between a barista and a barrister? Perhaps that's exactly what she did. She changed. It? <laughs> so now, in in years' time, like what did what did Great Uncle John do all those years ago? Uh, let's have a look. What? He, oh, it was a barrister. Works in a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, they got a lot of legal trouble, unfortunately. So. <laughs> uh, which brings uh, me nicely onto our next feature. Should we go with is it, it? Is it about the census, or is it? It is about the census. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Fisher, I cut you off there in your prime. I was just going to say that uh, I, 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 this was a difficult quiz to put together. And I nearly dropped it. You know, I nearly thought, you know, I can't do it. I can't get enough questions. You know, when you just think you're going to, you you probably got a lot of quizzes you started and didn't finish because you couldn't get enough. And I thought, no, in the end, you know, I came to my census and I thought, no, Please. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, that was my joke I was going to do early, by the way, that you tried to steal oh. before the podcast started. But anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, is there another one? No, I was just going to say about the census. One thing that amazes me is that, Obviously, you've got to fill in details of where you are on a specific night. And I was thinking of doing sort of something on 
show and tell thing about the census, saying that on a previous year, I would have made up on a previous year that I'd, because we only do it every, every 10 years, I was, I was going to put on the census that I was working away, and on that night I had to put on the census that I lived in a hotel room in where <laughs> I was as a, a fake thing. But then I couldn't really think of anything that was true about the census, because why would you? I mean, there's nothing particularly interesting about the census. I know, I know. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> but I was thinking a bit more. Surely, you know, you, you sometimes hear about these various um, sort of... You, you hear about people who have one-night stands and all that sort of stuff, and you sometimes hear, um, you know, yeah, didn't even know what her name was, mate, and all this sort of stuff. I think if you are in one of those situations, it just happens to fall on the sort of census <laughs> night. You have to sort of say, right, actually, while you're here, I've got to let the government know, unfortunately, um, you know. Do you what think, your name is, what your do you think is, nobody? You do you think no major crime is committed on 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 this Sunday of the census? <laughs> because where was you on this night? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really sorry, but because you're birthed in my house, you're currently here on the evening of this night. I have to put your details into the system to make sure it's properly recorded. So oh. yeah, that's just worth surmising a little bit about census. But anyway, let's let, let, let's crack on with the quiz. Anyway, so I've got some questions about the census and census of the past. I'm trying to, I've, I've stuck with the UK, I think. I've got most, yeah, they're all UK based ones. I thought, I, you know, I could have stretched it out a little bit, but there's only seven questions, but the last one is a bit extended question. So okay. technically it adds it up. But anyway, uh, so here you go. Number one, Fisher. In 1871, what was added to the UK census under the list of infirm? So A, lunatic and imbecile. Or B, maniac and wacko. Oh, um, four words I've been called on previous occasions um, in the past. I hope you put that on the census then. Yeah, uh, well, it's not an occupation, is it? But um, so, America, so lunatic or imbecile? Did you say? Yeah. And then weirdo and wacko are the other options. Yeah. No, maniac yeah. and wacko. Maniac and wacko. I think I, I don't know if wacko is more of a more modern term. I certainly I certainly didn't know that lunatic is. Was a popular word years ago, so I'm, I'm going to say it's the first one. I think imbecile or lunatic. Well done. Obviously, there are more PC terms for that nowadays. Yeah, like wacko or kinutter. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, but, I mean, did the term wacko basically just come about because of Michael Jackson or, or not? <laughs> or was, it, was it around before him? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, he probably developed that term before he was hanging his baby out of the window. <laughs> yeah. I just ex- yeah. escalated it even more. Anyway, number two. Uh, in 2011, uh, 1,893 people claimed to be what? A, Satanists, or B, Wizards? Uh, so it's two, 2011, so that's the most recent one we did. Yeah. Um, 11,000, did you say? 1,893 oh, 1, people. Yeah, I mean, because I think that, well, I don't know if this is going to come up, but you can, you can put anything in there, can't you? So, I think... In certain sections, you can. Yeah. I don't... So I think there was a... If it's religion, which I'm not sure if this was in that part, I imagine it was, If it, but yeah, um, in religion, you have to tick a box, I think. Unless you put other and there's a chance to put something out. I think you can, yeah. I think you can probably put other and then write something else. Have you got, have you got other sort of... Things around. Have you got similar questions from recent maybe. censuses coming up? Maybe. Right, okay. So I'll maybe not say what I had heard about something <laughs> that happened a few years ago. Um, but I do know you can put whatever you want in there. Now, I think Satanists, I think there'll probably be more than a thousand people putting Satanists because I think, yeah, they'll do whatever they want. And I think that might be 
in the thousand. Oh, I don't know. I think wizards, maybe. I, I, I kind of think wizards is maybe a thing that kids would do more, but the parents wouldn't let them do it, as were the adults. So I'm, I'm going to say it's wizards because I think, yeah, because I think that's right. I, I, I'm going to say wizards because I think that's the right answer. No, it is Satanists, um, and the highest number of them lived in Bristol, apparently, 34. Um, well, that's, that's not that high, really, is it? No, we could have talked about the police stuff that was going on this week. Um, yeah, I didn't really see it, now, to be mm. honest. I'm not quite sure what happened, so I can't really comment on it. What did 600, uh, sorry, 6,242 people put their religion down as 2011? A, heavy metal, or B, grime? Oh, well, I suppose it's not a million miles away from the Satanist, really, sort of in the that particular kind of um, genre and subsect, subsection. Was was grime popular ten years ago? Is it is it popular? Well, now? It was with me. Yeah, um, I was too busy listening to my heavy metal and my Coldplay rap. Yeah, well, <laughs> nothing nothing wrong, nothing wrong with having it. I've I've, um, I've I've during the lockdown I've been listening to Spotify quite a bit. All right, and. I never really listened to it that much, um, but I, I, when I first joined Spotify, you have to you have to be invited into using Spotify. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, when when so I think I first started using Spotify back in two thousand and nine ten. Was my final year at university. I'm talking Spotify account. You know, some, someone who got an account already had to invite you. Now I think it was probably more more kind of one of these. Um, marketing things there's always invites knocking around but it feels good if you kind of get invited into it and all this sort of stuff i used to listen to it quite a lot i used to work in the university libraries kind of working quite hard revising my exams I used to have some music put some text headphones on me have some music on listen to spotify but i never really listened again to spotify um until sort of the lockdown started about listening to it occasionally nothing too major so basically it means that my Spotify playlist haven't got a single song on it from the last 10 years at all. <laughs> but, um, of course, uh, there's more reason to listen to Spotify than ever before. Uh, yes, there's a podcast on there uh, called the Waste of Web Space podcast, actually. <laughs> it's a pretty good podcast. Yeah, Even though it doesn't get mentioned every now and again when you're doing a cocktail night and they only talk about the Alien Audio podcast. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yes, of course, I do actually listen to the Alien Audio podcast and it's the, it's the most popular podcast that I listen to on Spotify. Is only, Admittedly, is it the I tend only to one? listen to podcasts somewhere else, but, yeah. you know. Anyway, but you get music in that one, don't you? Uh, I get 30 seconds of music because yeah, I'm so too I. tight to pay for the full <laughs> count, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, what's the answer there? Is it, what you see 6,242 people put their religion down in 2011? Was it A, heavy metal, or was it B, grime? I think it's heavy metal. Well done. Yes. Number four, what happened in uh, to the UK census in 1931? A, it was eaten by dog, or B, it was destroyed in a fire. Eaten by a dog? I mean, was it just like one of those, just one census that got passed around the entire nation? Well, I think um, it's the, because obviously they, they didn't have computers and stuff, so it all had to be compiled in, in one sort of place, and that compilation was uh, somehow lost in one of those ways. Didn't they find the world's oldest computer a couple of weeks ago? Or am I imagining this? Did they find... No, 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 no. I, th- I think they've... Half, they... half of the Waste of Web Space podcast runs off it, apparently. <laughs> um, no, I think it was... Didn't they bring a ship to the surface and it got a, like an old thing in there that was like a computer? Maybe. Or am I, I, I might be imagining this. I think... Um, tell you what, at the end of this, are you going to play another jingle of some form? <laughs> yeah, well... If... When, when we do, I'll Google it and see if we can find out <laughs> what's what. But I'm sure I remember seeing something about the world's oldest computer being found. 
um, from a ship. I can't quite remember when the ship was allegedly sunk. I might be, I might be getting two halves of the story and putting them together there, maybe. Um, so, was it eaten by a dog or was it set on fire? Do the censuses get released 100 years after publication? Or am I imagining that? Well, they must give some details of, of them. Maybe it's just like the... In summary, this, this, there's this many people of this, and then maybe yeah, in so many years' time, uh, yeah. that's when the actual details of who said what and who answered what and stuff get released. Yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah, so I think if if you want to research your family history, say for example, you might have got a weather presenter from somewhere as part of your family, and you might want to try and find out who they are or whatever. So basically, um, in 2031, we might find out which dog ate the census. <laughs> yeah, or or whether or not it was uh, burnt in set, a fire. Set on fire. Yeah, obviously. Well, because you've said that, I'm going to say that it was eaten by a dog. (laughs) Oh, I'm too crafty. Yeah, it was uh, destroyed in a fire. So, Mm. number five, in 2001, the UK census... um, Sorry, in 2001 UK census, what did 0.8% of the population record? A, that their religion was Jedi, or B, they recorded their pet as a family member? Um... I think I remember this because I remember the 2011 census. Because I'll be honest, uh, sorry, the 2001 census. Which, in all honesty, that's that's the first census I can remember. What a what a great census it was. Um, <laughs> so we were at secondary school when we, when that was happening, and I remember there being a story at the time where people thought that if you put if you got more than ten thousand responses down as a certain religion, then it'd be officially classed as a religion. And that kind of got a bit of a campaign in the media to put down Jedi as your religion. Now, 0.8% of the population would be about half a million people, probably something like that. Give or take a bit. So I think I think it might have been that. But I also, I also think that didn't Hallam FM DJ, Big John at Breakfast, didn't he try and convince people to write that down as your religion? Big John at breakfast, and they were trying to get as many people, over 10,000 people to, which is where I might have heard about this, to do with Jedi. But I think it'd be writing Jedi as a religion. Well done, yeah. It, it was a bit of a, I think it was one of the first things to, you know, how they say things go viral. It was one of the first one of those things to go viral. And it went across the whole world, actually. So there was a lot, in, in various parts of the world, people were doing it. Um, but yeah, they just said, no, it's, it's not a religion. Don't matter how many people put it. It's not. Uh, yeah. and but, the thing is, if you're a Star Wars, I, for me, because I'm, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but I thought the religion would have been the Force rather than the Jedi. Well, make, make more sense. Well, well I, 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 I say that. I've got no idea. I've never watched a Star Wars film. <laughs> anyway. Um, which which I think actually puts me in the minority. I mean, a lot of people... I, I, I've just never been interested in them. With the amount of people I know, sort of, you don't watch Star Wars, what's wrong with you? So that's so, just a film, isn't it? You will take Star Wars seriously. <laughs> you will. Yeah, so... Yeah, that, that's lost on me, because, you know, oh. I don't watch a film, so I don't know what reference you make. <laughs> I was just trying to oh, Jedi mind tricks. All right, okay. <laughs> no, sorry. You're supposed to say, yes, yes. Ah, uh, it's a very good film. All oh, right, okay. Uh, yes, very good film, didn't I? <laughs> I couldn't edit that. Anyway, yeah. um, num- number six, which is the most atheist city in the UK according to 2011 census? Uh, is it A, Coventry, B, B Wakefield, or C, Norwich? Mm. Um, hmm. So I'm, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering specifically if there's anything about any of those three cities that would lead them to be an atheist city. Would it... <laughs> Would you say atheism is maybe something that is more popular with 
younger people, I would have thought, perhaps. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that front. Mm, um, possibly. Uh, uh, that would be my perception of it. Well, then I wouldn't particularly think that either of those cities, either Norwich, Wakefield or Coventry, are particularly young or would have that kind of demographic that I think would be more likely to say that. So, I don't know. So, I, I, I will go with the only one of those three places that I've never been to. And do you want do you want to do you want to guess which of those three I've never been to? Uh, well, I reckon you've been to Wakefield because it's not far away, and yeah. I think you might have been to Norwich, and I don't know why. I don't know if you've been there like some sort of visit or day out or something. I don't think yeah. you've been to Coventry. Yeah, I went to went to a wedding at Norwich not too long ago, a few years ago, um, and as a result, I will say it's Coventry. And you're wrong. <laughs> was the uh, was the wedding religious one? Um, it, funnily enough, it wasn't, um, which may have been an indication that perhaps Norwich is the is the most atheist uh, city in the in the country. Forty two point five percent said that they were an atheist in in Norwich. Yeah. Uh, number seven. This is your last one, but there's a couple of different things. There's a there's a, a bit of a longer thing with this. So, mm-hmm. which of the following jobs did people record on the eighteen eighty one census? Now, this just proves that even back in eighteen eighty one, people had a sense of humour. Okay, mm-hmm. so you basically got to say yes or no. That's real, or have I made it up? Okay, these were was jobs. It... So either I've made them up, or people actually re- put, wrote them down as their job in eighteen eighty one. Was that the last census where if you sort of rotated the number, it'd still be the same upside <laughs> down as? Or actually, probably was one in nineteen sixty one as well. Mm-hmm. It, weren't they? Possibly, yeah. If mm-hmm. every yeah, um, so yeah. Never mind. Carry on. So number one, examiner of underclothing. <laughs> um... So and, was that on, was that on the census? In eight, did, did somebody did somebody put that as an answer for their job, or have I made it up? Yeah, and and all you need is literally one person to put that down. Looks like it because yeah. yeah, examiner. Of, yeah, I think I think someone might put examiner of underclothing. Yeah, well done. Number two, invisible <clears throat> net maker. Sorry, an invisible what maker was that? Sorry, net maker. Net maker. Oh, okay, so oh, yeah, I'm seeing. It's an, yeah, you can't see the things, isn't it? Um, I think that... Invisible net, mate. Hmm. I, no, no, I don't think that's true. Wrong. Someone put that down. Next, electric bath attendant. Um, had electricity been created at that point in 1881? I'm not sure. I think I think back in those days, you still had a, um, yeah, a, a, a copper bathtub sort of in front of the fire and all that sort of stuff. Um so I'm going to say that's that's false. That's a lie. Someone put it down. Uh, really? Number four, spice rack organizer. Um, spice rack. Um, um, do you want to, Is that just a lead up for me to tell a joke about <laughs> someone who organised all their spices in alphabetical order? Where did they find and the time? Some, oh, it was just at the end next to Tarragon. <laughs> um, thank you very much. I think that's. I think that's probably a lie. You're, oh, you're right, it's a lie, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Press the wrong button. Uh, number five, Invisible Man. Hey, shouldn't do that, I might end up self-isolating again for a week. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm no longer required to self-isolate, hey. by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, Invisible but Man. Yeah, sorry, Jimbo. Invisible Man. I mean, like I said, it's, it's one person might have to do that. Nah, nah, I don't think, I don't think Invisible Man is, is right. So, lie. No, sorry, it, again, hit the wrong button. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's made up, that one. There was a film, weren't there, about the Invisible Man? Did you see it, like, last year? I don't know, I didn't see it, Jimba. No, <laughs> very good. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah. no, but was there actually a film about it? 
Yeah, there was. He was called Invisible Man. Yeah, I was wondering what, oh, like, right. how do you, you know, if the actor has the actor got any chance of winning any awards, yeah. you know, for that. I'm, yeah. I'm not <laughs> so sure how it work, but anyway, yeah. uh, number six, proprietor of mid midgets. Proprietor of midgets. Um, what's proprietor mean? Owner. Owner. Oh, is midgets a term that was used back in those days, or dwarfs, or little people? Proprietor of midgets. Mm, yeah, go on. I'm gonna say true. Yep. Uh, turnip shepherd. <laughs> oh, you can't. No, you're just picking two random words out of the dictionary, aren't you? So, <laughs> profession and object. Um, turnip shepherd. Nah, that's not no. No, it's, someone put that down. Number, oh, okay. number eight, dragon tamer. Um, again, doesn't sound real, but then if you only need one person to say it, well, dragon. Yeah, yeah, dragons have been mythical creatures for a number of years. So I'm, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say lie. Yeah, I made that one up. Uh, number nine, sampler of drugs. Um, <laughs> uh, have drugs always always been called drugs? I suppose is a question I've got. What what drugs might they be referring to? Like for instance, sort of medical things. So I'm I'm going to say more on a medical things type basis. They might that might be a, a thing. So I'm going to say true. Yeah, I did. I did. But you know that is true that one. But I mean, it could. Although it was sort of in the article I was reading, was sort of put down as a jokey sort of thing. It might have been real because people had to test them, didn't themselves, I suppose. So sometimes. Uh, next then, yeah. cow banger. <laughs> There's no details on what that involves. Yeah. Now I'm 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 refusing to put that into Google to see what cow banging is. <laughs> um, cow banger. No. Or well, bangers just be anything that makes a noise. Cow banger. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be some kind of strange old profession that people did. I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, cowbango is a... I don't know what, again, I think these are just things people put down for a laugh, but um, anyway. Number 11, spoon tester. It's not Uri Geller. I mean, you didn't think about Uri Geller, didn't you, um, a few months ago? So I presume it's not him. And obviously it wasn't around 1881, as far as we were. Although, did he claim to be, did he claim to be a time traveller at some point, Uri Geller? Mm. I can't remember. Um, you, you, you're humming there as your voice starts to go quite a bit, Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that... I think that's... Yeah, I think that's true. No, I made it up. Next, number 12, Knight of the Thimble. Knight of the Thimble? Depends what you're using the symbol for, obviously. Um, I Knight of the Thimble? No, uh, I don't, don't make a great deal of sense, but yeah, I think that could be true, so I'm going to say true. Yeah. Uh, number 13, Goldfish Catcher. Uh, did, they, oh, did they have goldfish back in those days? Presumably must have existed at some point, but I don't know if I don't know if fishing was that popular. But surely, yeah, surely fishing must have been. People must have eaten fish, so therefore fishing must have been popular. So goldfish catcher, yeah, I think that could be true. Magic wand manufacturer. Well, magic wands don't exist, do they? So yeah, but remember, people are putting these things down as a joke. Well, not, not I, necessarily well, real know. jobs. How do you know it was a joke? I mean, some of them might have actually been jobs. Some of them might have um, been. Although obviously some of them probably will have been jokes, but I think Magic One Man. I think most of them probably weren't jokes. I think most of them actually were jobs, which was doing slightly unusual things that we don't understand nowadays. But I, I think Magic Wand's manufacturer is false. Yeah, made that one up. Uh, three more. Fifteen. Drowner. Drowner. <laughs> um, is that those people who try and work out whether someone's a witch by dunking them in the water? And if you if they float, they're a witch, definitely burnt at stake. And if they sink, then actually they're not a witch, but unfortunately they just drowned. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, drown. Yeah, I think drown might be a job. I don't quite know what it means, but yeah, I think it could be. Yep. Uh, like I said, I don't know whether it's a job or it's a joke that someone put down, but they did put it on the census. Number 16, witch. Witch. Um, 
Well, it could be a joke, but I think it could be a job for people, maybe. I think, have we got professional witches nowadays? I think probably I've got a couple in the country who dress up as witches and go to parties and claim to be witches and do would spells put, and all that sort of stuff. Would you dare put that on the census in 18, whenever it was, uh, 1881? Yeah, I think, I think one weren't person they, weren't, the they still, weren't they still trying witches at that stage? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't know. I wasn't around at the time. So I think they were still a bit. Ago. I think they were still a little bit worried about witchcraft at that time. Mm, maybe. I'm going to say true. I made that one up. And finally, number seventeen, Fishbender. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, You've been called that a few times. <laughs> yeah. Joking. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't uh, have used those. Well, known actor. Um, yeah. <laughs> Michael Fishbender. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Fishbender. I mean, that's not a job, is it? But yeah, I think someone... I, well, it shouldn't be a job. I don't know what it involves. Um, I can't... You can't bending the fish are floppy anyway, aren't they? Normally. <laughs> so I think... I think I think it might be true, but I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe you should find out for future episodes if uh, any of those yeah. jobs are actually real things. But there you go. That was just a few facts from the UK census over, over the years. I hope you enjoyed that. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Jimba. Well, thank you very much for watching, listening. Uh, we had quite a few people uh, sort of writing to us, didn't we, throughout the uh, early stages of the episode, and then they got tired and went to bed. Um, yeah, as... <laughs> bored now, aren't they? Can't blame. Uh, no, so, no, yeah. As as we end the episode, twelfth um, of March, two thousand and twenty-one, a two thousand-year-old device, often referred to as the world's oldest computer, has been recreated by scientists trying to understand how it works. Um, the Anithka mechanism has baffled science experts since it was found in the Roman era shipwreck in Greece in 1901. A hand-powered ancient Greece device is thought to have been used to predict eclipses and other astronomical events. Hope so it wasn't trying to predict uh, like storms on the sea or anything like that because uh, <laughs> clearly it didn't work. Yeah, um, but yeah, apparently it's often referred to as the world's oldest computer and it started working again. All that, maybe they just like had to chuck it in a massive bowl of rice to mm. kind of dry it out for about 100 years and then it started working again. Now, I think it's, uh, I think by the sounds of it, they've actually remade it using similar bits as opposed to actually being the same device. Mm. But there we go. That's, 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 that's the bit that I had seen about the world's oldest computer. And I'm, I'm not going completely mad. No. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, thanks, Fisher. And thanks for, you know, Keeping it going because I'm struggling with my voice a little bit today. Yeah. As you can Thanks tell. for doing the majority of the talking because you seem to be getting a little bit hoarse. Um, and funnily enough, a little hoarse is actually an occupation that someone's put down in the 1881 <laughs> census. So it's all kind of coming back in and, and tying together. So thank you very much, Jimbo. It looks like. Do you want me to like try and end the episode and try and finish yeah, like we do on. normally? So thank you very much, everyone, for listening, watching, be uh, on iTunes or Spotify or whatever medium you use to listen to your podcast. Sorry if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook Live. Thank you very much. We shall be back next week. It may be Sunday, it may be Monday, it may be Tuesday. Who knows? We're not quite sure. Uh, we just tried out tonight's Monday night episode just to sort of see whether it works a bit better, see whether it's a bit more convenient for us. But we'll certainly be back soon with episode 95. So thank you very much. Stay safe and we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Shall I do it again now? Yeah, please. All right, see you later.